Hey community and welcome to Jock Reynolds Supercoach Podcast. My name is Patch and I'm here with two of my best friends in the entire world. Damo, how are you? I'm good, I'm good. I hope talking about Essendon won't bring up Vietnam War flashbacks for you. I was trying to prolong saying the E word for as long as possible and you've just brought it up straight away, but... Oh well, oh well. Clarky is also here with us, which is very exciting. We're getting all the boys involved in the pre-season podcast. Clarky, how are you, my good sir? Beautiful. I'm happy to be here to talk about uh, my second family team. Uh, shout out to my brother, uh, who constantly is in tears with me. In this edition of Pocket Podcast, you know, we're looking at all 18 teams. We're taking a, uh, a keen gaze at the Essendon Football Club. For reasons unbeknown to me, people keep on the internet keep saying that there's there's fantasy value in there. But we're going to go through all of our, you know, in the same format we've been doing so far. We're going through our locks, our knocks, our bolters, our rookies, breakouts, traps, and passes. Clarky, you've got a big list in front of you. Do you want to kick us off with your lock from the Essendon Football Club? Yeah, I think when you talk about uh, locks from Essendon, you really can't go past Mr. Zachary Merritt. Um, he's priced quite highly as a midfielder around that 110, 115 range. I believe he's just in the 600, 610, if I remember correctly. Somewhere around that, uh, he is, if I can look at... Uh, 620,900. If I can look at my M2, yes. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, so I think around that price, he... You know, he can push his average a little bit more or a little bit less, but he doesn't miss many games. Um, he scores quite regularly, you know, at that 100 plus range, uh, I think if you're looking at an Essendon player and you want him in there, go for go for the merit. Yep, I I completely agree. I think he's the only redeemable part of Essendon at the minute, and coming into a year where he's definitely not going to be a free agent at the end of this year, there's definitely no reason why he would definitely be playing out of his skin in order to definitely not attract a big offer from a a potential hypothetical rival club which doesn't exist. Damo, can we move on? We definitely can because I 100% agree that Merritt is the only lockable Essendon player, in my opinion. Agreed. Have you got, uh, I assume you've got many players you've got knocks on, but is there one that stands out uh, that you've got a bit of a knock on at Essendon? This one might raise a few eyebrows, but I've got Jordan Ridley. Hmm, interesting. Talk me through why you've got a knock on Jordan Ridley. I've got a knock on all players who raise themselves to premium status playing shorter games in a compromised season. So I and we've seen players rise to premium status and not replicate that season ever again. Um, I'm talking about the likes of Jimmy Webster, who played a very similar role to jo- what Jordan Ridley did in 2020. And I'm just not sure if under the new Ben Rutten system, Ben Rutten, Ben, whatever his name is, um, his system, Jordan Ridley can replicate what he did in 2020, especially in a longer format game. 
I feel like the Ben Rutten system, we basically got a look at it last year. So I'm not convinced there'll be massive changes there, but I'm in the same boat. I've actually got him down as a pass, which is kind of because all of these categories overlap a little bit. Um, but yeah, just there's so much other stuff in the back line that you don't really need to take a take the risk on whether or not he can repeat it um, in my books. You know, I, I still think he'll be a good player. He might not necessarily drop back a bit, but I think there'll be players that might overtake him with longer games. Um, but yeah, certainly... I'm not rushing to start Jordan Ridley. Clark, are you, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, look, I, I think I can agree with you guys uh, that it is a knock against him that they, it, you know, he had, a, what, a 35 roughly point increase uh, on his 2019 average. But at the same time, when you're talking shorter games, going to longer games, you know, where we're all just kind of making it up as we go. And I think there there's also some potential that he could increase that average or at least maintain that. Um, across the year, I think you're looking at things like what's his role? Is he still going to be able to get that output from the back line now that Saad's not there? And, you know, people are saying, you know, guys like Dyson Heppel are going to move to half back. You know, there's still a lot up in the air in there, but I think it's absolutely someone that you should watch with interest, but maybe hold off starting him. Yeah, agreed. Have you got a knock at Essendon? Uh, I think I did have, I did have Jordan Ridley as my knock as well. Um, just to just to agree with Damo, I was having a tough time trying to pick someone in particular, um, but Damo I think raised the best points to maybe hold off on him uh, and just look at what's going to happen before picking him. Yeah, I've got a um a, just a kind of a bit of a knock on from a super coach perspective only. I want to make it clear, um, Andy McGrath just is, you know, is. A very good footballer is doing very good things for Essendon, but I think from a super coach standpoint, the way that Essendon has got almost a bulldogs like level of just midfielders rotating through, there's not enough room for all of them to, you know, play enough game time in there to get as many points as we want them to. I just think if if McGrath was going to break out, he would have done it last year and busted into that, you know, 105, 110, 115 point per game average. Happy to. Pre- be proven wrong but at this stage you know finished the season with an average of 78.3 in his last three games which you know if you haven't looked at baron von crow's stats they're incredible uh, up on the website go have a gander um just you know i get the feeling that he's going to turn into more of like of a ben cunnington or an ollie wines kind of good for draft you know will re- consistently hit 100 points um each week but i just not sure we're gonna see him explode into a 130 point average player at this stage. Yeah, so... This is just me being optimistic. No, so I agree. I think he's going to be one of those players that has a decent floor, but not a high enough ceiling. Yeah, I, I just got that that knock on him at this stage. Great player, love him, but from a super coach perspective, um, I'll be giving him a miss. Uh, Damo, any bolters? Aside from Noah... So he doesn't play for Essendon. I just wanted to get that joke. Okay, the yeah. The, thank you for that. You've ruined my Richmond joke. <laughs> ah, take that, Clarky. I actually don't uh, have a bolter. I don't. I feel like Ben Rutten is the sort of person who pretty much has settled on his team from last year. He experimented a lot with the makeup there. I guess I'm going to put down. Peter Wright as my bolter and only because I feel like he's going to take that Joe Danaher role and at 292k 10 games a season an average 40 
at two hundred at two hundred ninety-two k with the way the forward line is shaping up this year, he might be someone we might need to consider, if only briefly, um, as someone who can make us some quick cash in the short term, um, even if we don't keep him for the long term. Mm. Mm. I see your point, but raise you were no, thank you. Um, a simple no, a simple a, no, thank you. A simple no. That's nah. very polite. The, yeah, the, no. the more I talked about it, the less I liked it. So maybe I'm with you there now. Yeah, look, you mentioned the Joe Danaher role and instantly my brain was like, oh, that's that's an alarm sign. Also, it's a traumatic reminder that he no longer plays for Essendon. But why did I agree to do the Essendon podcast? Clarky, have you got any bolters? Anyone that's going to play good so, in red and black? Um, this is this is going to be a tough one to hear, um, but hear me out. Why have I agreed to do this to myself? <laughs> oh, okay, all right, I'm ready. Dyson Heppel. Ah, <sighs> Clarky, no. Clarky, 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 Clarky. All right, I'm going to give you thirty seconds to say your piece. So, so. No. Uh, I will preface this with, uh, there was a little bit of confusion. I'm not as good with the lingo, uh, around the super coach. So I did have to kind of figure out what a bolter was to me, uh, to come to this decision. Dyson Heppel is 319k. He is somebody who in the past is not a premium top end echelon scorer. However, he's definitely worth more than 319. If he is fit, if he is healthy and he is on the field, those are the three things that you would need for him to at least make you say a hundred, 150,000. And that's honestly quite within his range. Um, I think it's definitely one that's more for risk takers and would depend on structure for your teams. Um, But I mean, you look at Jai Caldwell is somebody who is on people's radars because he's coming over from GWS looking to get a role within the asset and probably in the midfield somewhere. Um, He's actually 30, more than Dyson Heppel, who has you know proven in the past he can score. He's not going to score you one fifties. He's not going to score you you know one twenties. But even increasing on where he's priced at, that's some money. That's cash money. Damo, do you want to or shall I? I'll let you do it. I, mm, so, I look, Clarky, love you. Absolutely love you, but good God, hearing people talk about Dyson Heppel as a potential picking option. And also talking about him being healthy. Yeah, well, I was was getting to that. You mentioned that he needs to be fit, healthy, and on the field. He hasn't been those three things for quite some time, um, which kind of... Yeah, I mean, isn't isn't a great step towards making cash. Well, um, so he's priced at an average of, what, 65, 66, around that area, maybe 70. Um, but in the, you, know, you look at 2019, average 94, 2018, average 101. You don't need him to be, you know, every, you, know, you don't, you don't need to keep him forever. He's probably someone that is a stepping stone, which I know people definitely hate doing because there's a lot of uncertainty, but I think, you know, you can't disagree that he's more than a 70 player. Uh, I mean, look, he might be an 80 player. I, I think he's going to take a, a big backward step from, you know, the, the leadership, not so much the leadership role, but I think you'll take a backward step in terms of being one of the key men in the middle, might move, you know, back to defence, 
Um, I, yeah, I don't know. I feel like there are you've only got space for one stepping stone in the full uh, in the midfield. Don't think Heppel's the guy you do it with, but mate, yes, he he is undervalued. He if he's fit, he will score more. He will make you cash. I just think there are five better options in the midfield than Heppel. But I think you're technically correct. I think my my point really for the bolter is the fact that where he's priced at and you're comparing, if you're willing to take a risk on someone like Jai Caldwell, who we don't know what role he's going to be playing within the Bombers once the season starts. So, you know, obviously you want to look at preseason to see where this all lands. But, you know, if you're looking for that money, then maybe it's it's a little bit better to step back to someone like a Heppel, who you've seen has the potential to do it. Um, but maybe it just isn't right for your team. Damo, what are your thoughts? I will not be touching Dyson Heppel with a 10-foot pole. Understandable. Yeah, neither. But I, you're technically correct, which is the best kind of correct. So we'll uh, we'll move on. I reckon the person that will sort of thrive in halfback, maybe not to the extent we pick him, um, but I, I think Mason Redmond has a lot of scope this year to become you know, an 85 averaging defender, maybe a 90-odd averaging defender. Um, one to keep an eye on, one to look out for in a draft league. Don't think we really, uh, you know, you don't think he comes into the conversation much in the real deal. Um, but rookies, there aren't too many rookies at Essendon. Damo, do you want to talk about the the main one that might get a run, might score us some points? Rookies at Essendon. Well, the way they drafted makes it feel like they've drafted for the long term with all these key position players. But if we look at players who haven't played yet, um, you're probably looking at the likes of Harrison Jones. He's a key forward who was drafted last year with their first selection and he's bulked up quite a fair bit and has lots of admirers. And then you have the likes of... um, Ned Carl, who did play a few games last season, but he's still only 160k, and they're they're talking about him glowingly as well. So, he, two players who are fairly cheap that we could more than likely see getting games early this season. Yeah, I think Archie Perkins is the other one in the boat. You mentioned yes, yeah, um, Cox and Reed and and Air and Brand are all you know longer term ones. I'm not sure he's there round one, but I think Perkins will get a run at some stage. Elevated price at one seventy k means I might not touch him, but he's he's the one I'd I think it'd be more likely people would jump on. But yeah, Jones would be very interesting if they they decide to get him in there to partner with Wright and whoever else we've still got who's a forward these days. I don't even know who we've got. Clarky, have you got anything to add on the on the rookie front? Uh, no, I think yeah, I think you've touched on the most important thing, which is price. I think. Archie Perkins is probably at the higher end of what you're willing to pay for a rookie. So you kind of probably want a little bit more security than maybe he gets a run. Um, a couple of games in him. Harrison Jones would be ideal. Um, and I think as Damo said, he's got a few admirers down at the club. So hopefully he you know, would be able to string together a couple, but wait and see. It's always the same with rookies. Absolutely. Uh, breakouts. Who's going to break out at Essendon? Somebody told me some good news about a player who will break out. If they brought him in for the right reasons, Jai Caldwell has the potential to break out. 
He does. Do you want to give us a quick spiel about Jai? I was lovingly sent Cinebounce attendances for Essendon and JWS this morning by Azza. We all love Azza. That we do. And I noticed a certain trend with Jai Caldwell. If he attended at least one in three centre bounces for GWS, he would score at least 70 points in a game. And I believe that he's going to score more, um, uh, attend more than one in three centre bounces for Essendon. I would tend to agree, which uh, which is exciting for someone at that sort of 300k, and I think that'll be more than a certain person named, uh, or how do I say this without offending anyone, like a D. Heppel, or no, 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 that's too obvious, maybe Dyson H. Um, <laughs> Can I just get a polite no thank you uh, next time? <laughs> maybe we should just refer to him as the vacuum cleaner or something. But, oh, God. <laughs> Uh, yeah, because he sucks. Ha, get it? Ha, how do you like that, Clarky? How do you like coming on the Essendon podcast now? Yeah, considering putting in my team out of spite now. <laughs> do it. Do it. No, we, we do love you, though. You know <laughs> I that, respect right? it. It was outlandish. Um, it was outlandish. Not to, not to backtrack, I know I know it was an outlandish call. And it, I mean, it still wasn't wrong. He is underpriced, but... You put yourself in the firing line and we're all ready to take shots. Have you got a breakout that we can shoot down in place? <laughs> I actually, I agree with Damo. Uh, I think Jai Caldwell is probably the most likely, if any, um, based on what we've seen and the stats that we have, the most likely to hit a breakout position. Uh, you know, they've, they've brought him in for a specific reason. He's training with the midfield group from what I could find in my research. Um, and apparently he's looking good. People love it. Um, I think, you know, once again, just to be contrary and uh, play devil's avocado, um, I did think Andy McGrath could possibly push himself a little bit further. Um, but, you know, there's he's been a slow improver, I think you could probably say, for McGrath over, you know, the last few seasons. So whether that's this year or next year, still not enough for me to really take a gamble on him, say, over a Caldwell, but... Yeah. Yep. Agreed. I um I've got a different man down to break out, being the man child that is Sam Draper, um taken on Belly's number two number. Well, that's a dumb redundant sentence. Um, he, he's had the you know only the eight games under his belt, but looked pretty solid in them. And without Bell Chambers, we'll get a, a hell of a run at it. Maybe breakouts not the right word, but I think he's he'll do enough to justify starting him at R three with a Rowan Marshall up forward, and then you know whoever you've got on the bench to to swing between them. I, I think he's he's a reasonably safe option to start. Um, but am I an idiot? But Patch, will he get rested every two or three games? I don't think so. So it won't be like last. He will. It won't won't be like last season where he'd play two or three games and then get rested after his really good game. No, I don't think so. I think they were trying to work him into it. And last year, obviously, the compressed fixture played havoc with rucks all over the league, um, and I think that had more to do with him being rested than him just being a young ruckman. Like, I mean, he's huge. Like, you, you look at him and you're like, that's not a man that's gonna struggle to back up week in, week out. But when you're playing in the ruck, playing every four days is just not 
now it's not really easy to do um so i mean i'm i'm confident at this stage obviously if we hear anything that he's got a niggle or he's likely to to miss then you know you you avoid him but this stage i, I have him in over braden pruce who i'm sure um will get a lot of attention in the giants podcast when we get to it um traps uh, Damo, I know yours is Dyson Heppel. Mine is Dyson Heppel. Clarky, who have you got as uh, a trap? My notes actually just say C Dyson Heppel. Um, <laughs> to be, I was I was very aware of uh, the potential, and it seems um, yeah, it seems a bit two faced and on the fence to put him down as both. But I think he's definitely we're, you know just we we're obviously aware we are only talking about Eston players. This doesn't mean that it's a great decision. You know, it's kind of we're looking at the list and seeing what potential is going to be there. Yeah. Um, and I think Heppel oh, is I mean, the perfect example of he could either bolt out of the gates and reward anyone who has taken the risk on him, or he's going to absolutely burn all the people who took that jump and they're going to be jumping off within the first three rounds. Yeah. Oh, you're absolutely allowed to be two-faced on the Jock Reynolds podcast. I mean, that like flip-flopping is what we've proudly embodied for the last five years in that we'll make a call and then a week later when they score 16 and get injured, we will flip-flop and just say, well, we told you not to pick him. Like, we told you, um, despite it potentially not being all that truthful. So flip-flopping is encouraged, and I'm glad that you're able to recognize that Heppel, um, you know, is a risk. Um, Damo, did you have any other traps lying about no dyson Happel was my trap wonderful uh, so my pass was jordan ridley we've spoken about him a little bit did anyone else have anyone there just flat out passing on at the essendon football club if we're talking about super coach or potentially super coach relevant players i'm passing on nick hind Excellent. I People like to look at players who have crossed over from other teams to see if they've come across to fill a void of significance. And I suppose with Adam Saad going, Nick Hind has that role wide open for him. And, but he actually scored better for St. Kilda when he played in the forward line. And given that he's been brought across to play that Adam Saad role, I don't see him becoming a super coach relevant player at Essendon no I agree I think he'll just slot into the not may, yeah maybe not the starter role but he, he's basically going to be out they're going to try and turn him into Connor McKenna and just have him just be a like for like replacement for McKenna who you know at 300k you can mount the argument that you know you, you could jump on board high and make 100k over six weeks but there are better options to do that in in other positions on the field than the back line. And yeah, I think I agree. Clark, have you, have you got thoughts on players you passed? Uh, so I had two uh, passing for me. Uh, Devin Smith, uh, I think is number one, a very popular pick last year. Um, losing that forward status really kind of just takes away any appeal for me um, of what he can do. And I think the second one was Sam Draper, unfortunately, Patch. Um, oh, now it is. Oh, how the turntables. How the turntables indeed. Um, look, everything you said about Sam Draper, absolutely correct. Um, I think he does have a lot of upside depending on your team structure. And, you know, as a sole ruck, he's probably going to increase his price. He's going to increase his average because he's going to be there. Um, unfortunately, I just don't think at 378, he is the right pick for my team. Um, personally as well, I'm on the Proust train. Um, I think there's a lot more opportunity with Proust 
given the scoring history. So I, I think I'm going to pass on Sam Draper and watch him intently uh, for the coming years where he'll be probably more likely to be given a look. Fair enough. Fair enough. I will uh, I will take my flip-flopping. And uh, I mean, yeah, I've, I've ditched Heppel for the same reasons that you've ditched Draper. So it... There we go. It's almost like we can have different opinions on things and still be best friends. You have a differing opinion? How dare you? I still respect and love you both. Oh, nah. um, Damo, have you got any other thoughts on the Essendon Bombers before we wrap up this pocket podcast? I think outside of Zach Merritt, you could literally throw a blanket over the rest of the team and just pick one of them up and you'd get the same result, to be honest. Yep, I think that's about right. It's almost like we're just an abjectly terrible team who hurt me each and every year. Also, they're annoying at Supercoach. Um, Clarky, have you got any any lingering thoughts? Uh, pick Zach Merritt and don't worry about the rest of them, to be honest. Beautiful. There we go. That's the podcast in in five seconds, everyone. Uh, thank you to Teller Beats for the intro music. Forgot to say that up the top. Um, but we've got oodles of these things coming out, these pocket podcasts. Make sure you check them all out. We've got other stuff going up on the website. We mentioned uh, Baron Von Crow's stats, the breakdowns into sort of the early part of the season, the mid part of the season, the late part of the season. You can see the trends, see the worm, see all of the data, basically. Um, as it has the sent about stats, they will be on the website probably by the time this goes up. So, yeah, make sure you tuck in. Let us know what you're thinking in the comments and Lek also told me to tell people to subscribe and, and rate the podcast on the internet. I don't know what it does, but apparently it's good things. Uh, Damo, thank you for joining us. It's good to be here. Clarky, thank you. You wonderful human. Fantastic to be with you both. Uh, community, we will see you in the comment section on jockreynolds.com.au. Go Bombers! <laughs>